0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we
1: go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Sharp Lessons Stadium's Sports Betting Podcast, the midweek edition, our Wednesday edition. We got the professor across from me, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Follow us at StadiumBets on Twitter. Nate, I don't know if you know this, but we got a new profile picture for StadiumBets. I,
2: I saw that. I was wondering if uh, you created that or maybe someone else, but uh, it looks pretty sharp. So excited to... Uh... Posted videos, best bet videos, and and articles on that uh, account. has a little bit of a new look to it.
1: It does. Uh, no credit to me. I it would look terrible. I would do it on like Microsoft Paint or something. So credit to Tim Bonin. Shout out to him. Great job making the logo for uh, the new Stadium Bet. So go check that out. Give us a follow at Stadium Bets. Appreciate everyone listening to us, hopefully uh, going to make some money this weekend. Might as well get right into it, Nate, with the uh, Sharp Lessons shortlist, three college football games we like, three NFL games we like, or at least the, the three games from uh, each sport that are going to be the marquee games for the weekend. And we will start with the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma sixth in the country, Texas 21st. And that line right now, as of Wednesday morning, Oklahoma minus three and a half with that total 63 and a half. And I know we were talking before the show, Nate, about how last week we really saw that college football board very clearly. We were really liking what we saw from it. And this week, it's a little bit muddier. Um I think we're a little bit more hesitant to bet some of these college football games. So, I mean, you look at Oklahoma minus three and a half, and you look at the way Texas has been playing, and this game is at home at Texas. I don't know if I
2: could take a side on this game. Well, so it's it's not at Texas. It's in Texas in Dallas. Right, but it's right. a neutral site and it's always a split crowd. So that's basically saying Oklahoma minus three and a half points better than Texas on a neutral field because it is a neutral field. So uh, just make sure to note that total 63 and a half kind of the typical, I think big 12 shootout between some teams that are high scoring, but also have talent on defense uh, in the summer. This line was Oklahoma minus nine. So there has been a big adjustment, this season between the two teams, Texas, I think it's a little bit of a bump up, especially since they have started Casey Thompson at quarterback in conference play, much best, better than Hudson Card. And then Bijan Robinson, their running back, could be an issue for any defense, and Oklahoma will have his hands full game planning for him. And Oklahoma just has been a little bit disappointing. So I think there's been a line adjustment based on the the results of the season and Oklahoma failing to cover, including last week in the sweat of the week against Kansas State. Yeah. So I think this line makes a lot of sense. I know it's one of the big TV games, and a lot of people want to bet the big TV games. Um, but for me, I'll, I'm going to be passing this one because I don't really see any, any value, at least in, in terms of the side of in total, not really sure what to make of it.
1: Yeah, and I can see it kind of from both directions in terms of where the money's coming from. And as you said, Oklahoma's been a bit disappointing this season. I don't think a lot of people have faith in them, so that could be a big reason why this line is so low. But you also know that people are going to just bet Texas. I mean, they are they are not at the point of kind of like what we see from these big teams like Alabama or Georgia or even like teams like, you know, the Yankees or, or like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers where people will just like bet them because they know the name brand and everything like that. But they're close, and so we might see this line be not exactly correct for a game like this. So I think I'm on I'm with you here. Maybe you stay away from me. Um, maybe if I'm gonna hit a total, I've been making some luck on the under, so I might hit the under for a total like this, which just you can't really trust either team um, offensively, but yeah, stay away from me. The next game we wanted to talk about Georgia and Auburn, Georgia the number two team in the country and Auburn uh, resting at 18 Georgia minus 15 and a half. It's already gone up a point since I was putting it in our rundown last night. It was 14 and a half in favor of Georgia. So people have been uh, hitting the bulldogs a little bit today. Total at 46 and a half. Again, Nate, this is a game where I, I look at it. I don't love the number at 15 and a half that total. You know, we know how good Georgia's defense is. So it's probably going to edge on the, on the lower side of the, of numbers to 46 and a half. I, I'm not really sure which uh, way to lean in this game.
2: Yeah, so in five games this season, Georgia has only allowed 23 points. They've pitched back-to-back shutouts against Vanderbilt and Arkansas. So it's a really good defense, and I think there is expectation of it all year. But this is kind of a next level for Kirby Smart's unit. And now they go up against Bo Nix, who we kind of criticized him a few weeks ago when they were playing at Penn State and how he struggled on the road. But last week, they're down 13 nothing. He has one of the probably the most viral plays of the college football season to keep yeah. Auburn in the game, and then they end up winning straight up. So maybe there's a new confidence in Bo Nix, but he's going to face a really tough test this week, even though he is at home where he does play better. I think the issue with laying the points of Georgia is their offense, and JT Daniels didn't play against Arkansas not really practicing it's kind of comes up to a game time decision it seems like every saturday so with uh, when you have to lay a big number like this against a solid auburn defense i don't know if i trust Georgia's offense to do enough so there's another game that's going to be on middle of the day on one of the big networks but for me it's a pass and obviously gonna be rooting for georgia because of the uh, auburn win total under which i feel some breaks haven't gone my way i they auburn should have lost to georgia state that would have been really nice and then with their comeback against LSU when I woke up and saw that score because I couldn't stay up to watch it because it was at 1130 at night. And big NFL Sunday after wake up early, I was pretty disappointed to see Auburn pulled that out. So hope Georgia wins, just wouldn't lay the number right now.
1: Yeah, it's too high for me. If anything, I would lean Auburn just because – they have you know the quote unquote momentum coming in from their game last week, and maybe Bo Nix just kind of rides that wave, plays really well at home, and and tears up a Georgia defense that doesn't expect it. But at this point, I don't see a number I like in the total or or the spread, so I think again that's a that's a stay away from us. The final college football game, Iowa, Penn, and Iowa and Penn State, Penn State uh, number four and Iowa number three, a top five matchup we're getting in the afternoon on Saturday. And this line has been taking a dive in favor of Penn State. Iowa at one point minus three. I think we were talking about that number on Monday. And now on Wednesday, Iowa's minus one and a half. That total, very low at 40 and a half. I mean, you don't see totals that low unless there's like a service academy playing. Um, but you're seeing a classic Big Ten matchup, Iowa-Penn State, 40 and a half the total. You know I'm leaning towards Iowa, Nate. I think I said it on Monday. Um, and especially now at minus one and a half. If it stays around that number, I, I probably wouldn't get it more than two. But if it stays around one and a half, two, I think that's a bet I'm going to make on Friday. It's the best bet would be uh,
2: that Iowa line. So if I'm reading the market right, it seems like Iowa should be the favorite, but it shouldn't be more than a field goal. In Vegas yeah. on Sunday, Iowa opens as a pick 'em in this game, a pick 'em either way. And then Iowa takes the early money. It gets out to... Minus three on Monday morning, and then immediately Penn State money comes in. So, so I think this line is probably pretty correct, and the, the, the uh, bettors have shaped it since the Open. Low total, 40.5. So if you do lay it with Iowa, I would probably take just the short money line as opposed to 1.5 or 2.5 or 2 because there's a chance the game could land 1 or 2 just with the nature of the uh, scoring environment. I just couldn't bet Iowa right now in this spot. They've had a lot of turnovers this season. They forced seven against Maryland, which was the reason they won. And I guess my idea would be, like, if you like Iowa in this game, why bet them at minus one against Penn State when you could have bet them at minus three at Maryland? And Penn State is a much better team with, than Maryland. So, for me, it's, it's going to be a stay away because I'm not a huge believer in Sean Clifford, although he has played a little better this season but a game I'm very interested in watching, seeing what happens and maybe learning something about teams to take going forward as they get into the meat of big 10 play. Yeah. My
1: thought process
2: is you've had Penn state play
1: pretty well at home games at night in the past couple of weeks. They've looked good playing at home. Now they have to go on the road for the first time in a little bit, play an Iowa team who is great at Kinnick and what we've seen from them so far i mean they've been winning these turnover battles i know they they've struggled to move the ball in offense at points and petrus is you know up and down but that defense is legit for iowa and, and like you said i don't trust Sean clifford iowa at home just makes makes too much sense for me but i i think that money line play is probably the right move and we'll see on friday i think i'm probably going to make it my best bet as long as it you know, stays under 130 or so. So we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that game. Uh, Browns and Chargers as we go into the NFL. Chargers minus one and a half, which means this could be a really good game, Nate, to tease the Browns. That total at uh, 46 as well.
2: Yeah, this total has been hammered down. I know on Tuesday there was a big move from, I think, 48 to 46 now we're looking at. It. And it makes a lot of sense. The Browns' defense has looked very good, especially – in the last 10 quarters of play, the last two games against the Bears and the Vikings, only allowing one touchdown, getting a lot of pressure at the defensive line on the quarterback. So this is a game where I could see why the under has been in play, especially when you look at Baker Mayfield and the struggles he had last week. And maybe there's something going on with him and maybe not being on the same page as Odell Beckham Jr. So the, the move in the total makes a lot of sense. I am interested in just watching this game. I probably will have a Browns teaser by the end of the week, getting them to over a touchdown, especially if this line gets to Chargers minus two, where it is in some spots. Uh, but, but the most interesting part for me in this game will be seeing the coaching matchup between Kevin Stefanski and Brandon Staley, just two of like the young, forward-thinking, innovative head coaches in the NFL. They love to go for it on fourth down. So if you're a big fan of punting and, and long field goal attempts, probably don't watch this game because I think <laughs> we're going to have a lot of opportunities for both teams at fourth down conversions. So right now the Browns are kind of the way I would lean, but more in a teaser uh, now that the Chargers are out to more than a one-point favorite in this game. But definitely one I'm excited to watch.
1: Yeah, and Chargers, too, on a, on a bit of a short week um, as well. So I think that's why this number also is, is kind of where it is. But I lean Chargers, but I do love a good teaser, especially at this number. And if it gets up to plus two for the Browns, I think we have to hit that six-point teaser uh, for the Browns. Alright, Nate, a game I know you have a lot of interest in. 49ers at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals, arguably one of the best teams in the NFL right now as they, uh, face a 49ers team that's gonna be without Jimmy G. Um, Cardinals, or actually probably without Jimmy G. I know they were saying he might play. Um, but I think that's, that's, we'll have more news on that on Friday. But the Cardinals are minus five and a half. Total at 49 and a half. And you like the boys from San Francisco.
2: I do, and and just to mention, Jimmy G has that calf injury. He actually said after the game it'll probably be a couple-week injury. I imagine they wouldn't rush him in a game like this, especially since they have a bye week in Week 6. So I'm pretty sure that he won't play, and the line indicates it'll be Trey Lance. And I mean, I like the 49ers in this game, but I think I want to save my reasoning for the end of the show with an early best bet on the Sharp Lessons podcast.
1: I like it. All right. We'll we'll go to Bills and Chiefs because we'll hit that 49ers Cardinals game uh, towards the end. Bills and Chiefs, the Sunday night football game this weekend. Chiefs minus two and a half, that total at 56 and a half. Definitely high for the total. um, But the Chiefs under a field goal as a favorite at home on Sunday night against a very tough Bills team that's, you know, had had a slow start to the season, but it looks like Josh Allen and company are kind of finding themselves
2: now after a, a 40 to nothing win against the Texans. Yeah, that's what I noted too, Ben, when you mentioned it seemed high, the total. I just think it's a bit too high in this game. It just seems like I know there's dynamic offenses and the Chiefs' defense can't stop anyone. Uh, the Eagles didn't have a punt in the Chiefs' win and cover in Week 4, but I don't I don't know if you can go over this total because just like one turnover after a long drive or a, a, settle, a team settling for a field goal or failing on fourth down could really kill that under, so I I lean under, and when it comes to the side, I'm pretty torn because this is the Bills' biggest game of the season. They lost to the Chiefs twice, including in this stadium in the AFC title game last season. Like They have built their team around trying to beat the Chiefs, knowing that they are the class of the AFC, and then the Chiefs' defenses also struggle this season, but at the same time, it just seems like now we're getting a little bit of a discount on a Patrick Mahomes led team and even it though does. they lost two games this season i mean they just win a lot of game regular season games the andy Reid patrick mahomes partnership so even if the chiefs don't cover usually they cover have to cover a bigger spread this is basically in a kind of a pick the winner territory so because of that i can't bet the bills if it was plus three then i'd consider buffalo because this game means so much for them but under three uh it won't be a bet for me that's for sure
1: yeah, uh, it's a very tough number for this game. It's one of those numbers where you look at it and you're like, that, that seems right. I don't know if I could really realistically pick a side. And so honestly, that's a game that you could wait all Sunday to bet and maybe hope the line moves one way or the other. And, and depending on which it moves, that's when you hit it. But. At 2.5, I think it's not worth hitting. I do like the under move, though, for the for the total at 56 and a half, just because it's prime time. These two teams, as you said, I mean, these teams prepare for each other pretty much. They know they're going to have to face each other to get to a Super Bowl or at least get deep into the playoffs. So we might see a little bit of held back offensive play from both of these teams. So I do think the under um, is a move. All right, situations of
2: the week. What's the situation?
1: We have a couple situations of the week. We will go to the hangover games first, as we always do.
2: Lousy hangover.
1: Nate, let's look at uh, the first hangover game we have. Kentucky.
2: Yeah, so the hangovers were really good last week, going 3-0, and and I gave them all out as, as college bets that I made on Friday's show. The first one is a game I'm not sure if I'm going to bet, so just kind of keep that in mind. But it's a team that I don't want to bet in this particular game, even though they have gotten a lot of early support in the week. And it's the Kentucky Wildcats, minus three against LSU. Kentucky, with their first win against Florida and Lexington in a very long time, they stormed the field. They won basically because they blocked a field goal in the third quarter, and that flipped the game. So, everything points to a fate of Kentucky in this situation. But I just don't think LSU is a very good team. They just lack a little bit of explosiveness with Max Johnson at quarterback after Miles Brennan suffered the uh, season ending injury before the year. I just think they're just they're missing something at lsu and and Kentucky gets to stay at home. So that's an advantage after the big upset. So I don't think that. Kentucky, a team that's kind of in the middle class of the SEC, is going to have too much of a hangover because LSU is two years removed from a national title. It would be a little bit different if it was a, a different SEC West team, maybe like a Mississippi State or an Arkansas. That might be a tougher spot, but I think Kentucky will come up and play a, play of a strong effort against an LSU team I don't think is good. So that's just kind of a hangover look. There isn't too many this season, but I just wanted to mention – mention Kentucky because they are coming off a huge win for the that program
1: and we also have a couple
2: NFL hangover games
1: um, and I think the the Buccaneers and Patriots definitely legit I mean it's hard to say hangover game in the NFL but these Bucks and Patriots teams uh, I, I would imagine are uh, this is about as good of a hangover spot as you can imagine the Buccaneers play the Dolphins that line uh, is at 10 in favor of the Buccaneers at home against the Dolphins. And then for the Patriots, they play the Texans on the road in Houston, and they are laying eight and a half um, against the Texans. I, um, I think that Dolphins line might not be the worst line to hit, especially if it's plus 10. I wouldn't go lower than 10, but I think if it's at 10, 10 and a half by Sunday um, or even by Friday when we do our best bets, I really like that line uh, for the Dolphins. I think Brady just – you look at how he reacted at the end of this game and even before this game, and it, it very clearly weighed on him, um, and it was a big impact on him throughout the week and throughout the day. He comes into this game against the Dolphins; everything can be relaxed. I just, I, I like the Dolphins in a spot like this.
2: Yeah, and and to make the situation even harder, and it could have been, I just been a sandwich, is the Buccaneers have a Thursday night game coming up on deck against the Eagles, and I'm sure that's another important game for Brady yeah. because that's a team who beat him in the in the Super Bowl. Uh, a couple years ago uh, when he was with the Patriots. But, yeah, I I agree that the Dolphins plus 10 will probably be a, a borderline play for me. I'll probably bet it if it's a 10 or better and I'll use in contest just because it is such a letdown spot for the Buccaneers. After a game, they definitely put a lot of effort into winning against the Patriots. And then on the other side, the Patriots put so much effort in game planning against Tom Brady and making sure they attack the buccaneer secondary that suffered some more injuries so that's another reason to like the like the dolphins i guess even though they don't have the offense to attack the uh buccaneer secondary are the best style of offense they still might be able to have some success through the air just like matt jones did in a driving rainstorm on sunday night but with the patriots that line was at nine and a half against the texans uh it got down to eight and a half because the starting left tackle and starting left guard got put on the COVID list so I think that the, the Texans, even though they probably aren't a team no one wants to bet because they had 2.6 yards per play and lost 40 to nothing against the Bills and they're starting Davis Mills at quarterback, you have to at least consider given all the factors that are uh, facing New England. And it's a really tough spot for New England. I'm going to avoid using the Patriots like survivor pools and teasers just because I can see this game being a struggle for New England. And even if the Texans are very bad and right now definitely the worst team in the league with the quarterback play they're getting. And finally, we have the Jets coming off a uh, a
1: big win in overtime against yeah. the Titans, the New York football Jets. Uh, they uh, won 27-24, and they play the Falcons on Sunday. Um,
2: and this game is uh, overseas. Yeah, in London, London trip. An 8.30 start, local time. London trip, the Tottenham Stadium will be hosting uh, an early start in America, breakfast football, uh, between the... Jets and Falcons and I kind of actually like the Jets a little bit at uh, plus three and a half it got down to plus three it looks like it's kind of bouncing between that number I just don't think the Falcons should be that big of a favorite against really anyone other than maybe the Texans on a neutral field however what's going to keep me off the Jets is last week they got that big win in overtime and it went the full distance in overtime and Titans missed a field goal so the Jets won but the Jets' defense was on the field for 93 plays. So I'm a little bit worried with the defense maybe being tired still and then having to travel to London. I know both teams are traveling, but I think the Jets kind of at a disadvantage. So I kind of like the Jets in the game, but what's going to keep me off them ultimately is the worry about the travel and the defense being on the field for so long and that win at home against the Titans. All
1: right, and finally for our situations of the week, we have the sandwich game.
2: And which
1: and that is the cincinnati bearcats because this week the bearcats are playing temple next week they play ucf and the week before this last week they beat notre dame at notre dame so that that is a, a unique placement for this bearcats team uh, playing temple and it's a friday
2: night game too Right, so Friday night, less rest. They had that huge win against Notre Dame to now just really put them in the playoff picture, and now all they have is conference games the rest of the way, and it starts with Temple. Line is Cincinnati minus 29. I actually also think there's a, of some value in, in kind of the hangover angle and the under, just yeah. thinking that Cincinnati's defense is still going to be good. But their offense has struggled a little bit against Indiana and Notre Dame, and I think they can get off to a, a poor start against Temple with the game at, at total at 54. So kind of like since or Temple here as a game I like this week in the college football ranks on Friday night because I don't like too yeah. much in college. The under makes yeah. a lot of sense with me. And what makes it the sandwich is next week Temple post UCF. And UCF maybe not as good as it used to be. Uh, their quarterback Dylan Gabriel is out for the year, but you have Gus on as a coach, and just kind of looking at uh, Cincinnati's schedule and any landmines, this would definitely be one of them. So I think having that on, game on deck, it's at home, but just having that you know tough test on deck. Who UCF still some good talent there? Temple seems like just the game that. Because they just beat Notre Dame, it's going to be just kind of a walkthrough, get out of there without getting injured and not worrying about covering any sort of number.
1: All right, let's talk some bets out, Nate. Before we get to Michael Rizzo, who we talked to about the MLB playoffs, and before we get to your best bet, too, let's talk some of these bets out that we are thinking of. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do.
0: What's, What's
1: that? Talk me out of it. And as we talked about, we don't really love the college football board this weekend. I think we are more confident in the NFL board. Um But we do have a couple, at least I have a couple of college games I wanted to talk out with you. That first one being Michigan minus three and a half against Nebraska. Michigan five and oh, they have looked uh, surprisingly good, I guess, is the way to put it. McNamara actually probably had one of his best games last week against Wisconsin um on the road. His passes were were good. He was throwing them downfield. Harbaugh seemed happy with him. But now they go to Nebraska, a team that seemingly has gotten better throughout the season. They beat up on Northwestern last weekend. I, I don't love that they're laying three and a half here. I don't love that they have that extra hook with the three. Um, so as long as that's there, I may lean Nebraska in a game like this.
2: Yeah, I, I like Nebraska too. This is definitely in consideration for one of my favorite college picks. Maybe not a best bet because I went against get Michigan last week and they proved me wrong. But Nebraska two and three this season. But they're actually playing pretty well outside that week zero loss to Illinois covering easily against Oklahoma, and then a covering at Michigan State in a the game they probably should have won. They really dominated the second half and let that game slip away, which is kind of a theme of Scott Frost, Scott Frost programs in Lincoln, unfortunately, for him. But I kind of like Nebraska here, second straight road game for Michigan. It's a 6:30 start. It's going to be a hostile environment. I, I like Nebraska here, and I'm just kind of waiting to see where this number goes. But at plus three or better, I'll very likely be on the Cornhuskers.
1: Yeah, I, I think in a game like this, I don't know if Nebraska wins this game, but I can see Michigan, you know, being down two and kicking a game winning field goal in a situation like this. So if it goes below three, you know, maybe I'll start taking Michigan. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm probably on the Nebraska train for, for the spread at least. Uh, Ole Miss Arkansas, another game we wanted to talk about. Two teams that are just coming off an absolute whooping, um, on both sides. Ole Miss getting killed by Alabama, Arkansas, getting killed by Georgia. The line here is five in favor of Ole Miss. I am leaning Arkansas, and you said you were leaning Ole Miss. Now, I can be convinced, but I I think in terms of a bounce-back game, I like Arkansas a little bit more. But maybe they really are, you know, the bad Arkansas team that people expected to start the season, and now we're just finally starting to see that, and Ole Miss is actually going to be the one to bounce back. But – That five, getting five points, I don't mind taking that.
2: So we talked about this game on Monday's show because the early money was on Ole Miss when it opened at a very short number, and then there was some resistance once we got to like six and a half, maybe even plus seven somewhere on Arkansas. So now we're kind of in the middle at minus five. So it's not a bet I love, but I would lean Ole Miss. I was just kind of thinking about what I thought about these teams before the season began, and I definitely would have liked Ole Miss a lot better than Arkansas. And last week you can kind of just throw those games away for both teams because they were playing the best two teams in football on the road. I know it's going to be a kind of a question on who could bounce back, but Arkansas only scored three points in basically the final three quarters against Texas A&M. Now it's their third straight road game or third straight game away from home as they had a neutral site against A&M and then they were at Georgia. I have to go two at Ole Miss. I feel like it's a tough spot for Arkansas. And I just like Ole Miss's offense better than Arkansas's defense. I think Ole Miss' offense and Matt Corral gets back on track. Even though they lost last week, Corral is still in the Heisman conversation. So maybe Ole Miss starts kind of building his case for winning that trophy in New York in December. So I would take Ole Miss here. Um, if it's under six, I will definitely have a little bit of a, at least a small bet on the Rebels.
1: All right, in the NFL, uh, the Rams and the Seahawks, that's the Thursday night game, so I figured we might as well mention it uh, as we record on Wednesday. The Rams minus two and a half. Uh, and I put, is this a Rams bounce-back game? Um, and, and they're going on the road, a tough road environment, especially at night in Seattle, short week for both teams. Um, the Rams are less than a, than a field goal favorite. And listen, I, I think the Rams are as good as any team right now in the NFL, and I think – for them to be this good, I love how Stafford has been playing in the Sean McVay system, and I think this is one of those games, Nate, where you see them probably be able to bounce back. But then you think Seahawks and how good they have looked, at least last week. Um, they They at least look like they can compete in the second half of football games instead of scoring four points in the second half per game. They're at home. We know that's a tough environment to play for any team. But I still am leaning towards the Rams. And I, I don't know if you want to talk me out of it. I don't know if you like the Rams in this game, but I, I love the Rams for the spread. Teasing-wise, I don't know if we can even tease the Seahawks because I just like the Rams so much.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to talk you out of this one, Ben. And I actually would say the Seahawks didn't look good last week. They did win 28-21, to 21, but the second half was Trey trail- Lanson relief. And if you look at the box score, they only had 4.3 yards per play. They outgain- were outgained 457-234. So it wasn't a real Seahawks masterpiece, and I know they won the game and they needed a win, but I think that's why we saw Rams minus one on Monday morning quickly become Rams minus two-and-a-half in this game. And I kind of give the Rams a pass from last week. They they just beat the Bucs the week before, kind of an all-in game for the Cardinals, so I kind of expected a little bit of flat spot, especially with this game on deck. I like Sean McVay's team to bounce back here against a Seahawks team that I know won last week, but I really don't think they played a good game, and that's why we've seen this line move out to Rams near a field goal. I don't think we're going to get to a field goal. but the, So the numbers for me don't like really add up for the Rams, but I think the situation and how the Seahawks looked last week makes me at least considering the Rams. So I won't talk you out of that one.
1: Yeah, I think that might be a, a Thursday night bet for me. I, I don't know if I can make it now, and I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be able to get to, to minus three just because I think a lot of people know how good the Seahawks historically have played at home, especially in primetime games, and how good Russ can be in primetime games. So I'll stay away until right before kickoff, see what that number is. And if it's still at two and a half, I think you'd, you'd have to hit the Rams there. Um Finally, USC minus three against Utah. Um, this line has been moving down, I believe, um, when I think it was like at five at one point and it it moved down, uh, towards Utah, two really good teams. Um, I, I don't really have a strong lean, but I was Nate thinking of, of taking Utah plus three. But again, this is, this is part of the whole motif of a, of a tough board on a Saturday for us this week. I, I can be convinced to take USC minus three, but I'm I'm looking at Utah right now with just how, how good they have been playing and kind of how unpredictable USC has been this season.
2: Yeah, so before the year, this game would have probably maybe decided the Pac-12 South. It's been pretty disappointing seasons. I know that Utah did get off the mat in conference play, but starting one and two with losses to BYU and San Diego State was definitely not what they expected. And then to make matters worse, there's transfer quarterback from Baylor, Charlie Brewer, Leaves the program. Now we have a back, their backup quarterback Cam Rising who played against San Diego State and then the day after Brewer left the program. So I'm not really sure exactly what happened there, but I, I would lean Utah in this game. Uh, just not a fan of USC and and the you know firing Clay Helton, which was probably the right decision, but just like a yeah. team I don't want to bet on. And this game means a lot for Utah. They've struggled in this game when they have to go to L.A. to play USC. And they had a bye week last week. Utah to play in the elevation of Boulder. So I kind of like the spot here for Utah, and I think that's why we've seen money come in on the Utes at plus four and plus three and a half.
1: All right, before we get to your best bet, Nate, let's go to Michael Rizzo. We talked to him about everything involving the Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, he talked a bit about the wild card game that's happening tonight, some series prices throughout the uh, the playoffs, and his World Series picks as well. So uh, let's go to Michael Rizzo. All right, we want to welcome back an old pal to the Sharp Lessons podcast, Michael
0: Rizzo. Left us in uh, what was it August, and now you're back talking baseball with us. How you doing? I, I'm I'm doing great, guys. I, I I've missed you both. I, I've been you know keeping up with the pod. You guys are doing big things since I'm gone. The product has improved, so <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. But yeah, I think end of July was the last yeah. time I was on. But we knew I'd be back to at the very least do some baseball with you guys. So so I'm I'm happy to be here now that the playoffs are uh, officially started.
1: Oh yeah, definitely important. And you had the—I was looking at uh, your picks from yesterday. You had the Red Sox. How do you feel about that game? Uh, went pretty well for you.
0: Yeah, you know it's whenever I you get these one car or these one game playoffs in baseball, I, I almost always lean to the underdog because it's just—it's a crapshoot. It's one game. Whoever wins, you know, moves on. A a starter can get hurt. A starter can not have it like we saw with Garrett Cole. You don't know who's going to come up and hit that big three-run home run. It's just, unfortunately for the Yankees or, you know, even for the Red Sox, if they would have been on the losing end, you don't get that three, five, seven-game sample size to, to prove that you're the better team. So that was my thought process there. You know, Garrett Cole's been less than Cy Young-worthy of late, and I saw the Red Sox at home at plus 120, and I thought there was value there, so I decided to jump on it, and lucky for me, the the crapshoot went my way last night, so that was a a nice way to start the playoffs.
2: So we have the NL Wild wildcard game Wednesday night. Tonight, Cardinals throwing out Adam Wainwright, Dodgers, Max Scherzer, someone they acquired at the trade deadline to bolster that roster. Dodgers, a big favorite, minus 235, Cardinals, one, plus one 190 on the take back. Is there any way to bet this game, in your opinion, or is it kind of a stay away and maybe root for a certain side to kind of cheer on some futures you have? Because even though the Dodgers didn't win their division, they are still the favorite to win the World Series.
0: Yeah, how crazy is that? We see the, the current World Series favorite is playing in a one-game elimination game. Uh, I... Once again, this one's a little bit tougher because I do think the Dodgers are the much better team, but I do lean with the dog here. Uh, Scherzer, while he has looked great against the Cardinals, uh, he, he struggled his last couple times out. He, he hasn't been as lights out as you would hope. I mean, I know he has the playoff experience, but look who he's facing. Wainwright's. Turn back the clock this year. He's been great. You know that the, the Cardinals are going to let him go deep into the game if they have to. And at, at plus 190, plus 200 we might get, I, I think it's, it's either Cardinals or pass for me. I don't think I can, you know, confidently give out a bet on the Dodgers and say that this is a lock by any means. So that's how I'm looking. I would love to get plus 200 right now. I'm waiting and seeing, seeing if any – Dodgers money comes in, but yeah, I I think that if you're going to attack this game, it has to be the Cardinals, and I think that if you're a futures better, unless you have money on the Dodgers, you're a huge Cardinals fan tonight, because that just makes everyone else's path that much easier.
1: How do you feel about the total? Seven and a half?
0: It It uh, it pushed last night. It feels about right. Yeah, I, I I probably lean over if i had to just you know nerves are high like i said you never know who's going to hit that big three-run homer i think that uh we could see eight runs in this game but no no play on the total for me as of now
1: series prices let's go through some of these series now that we're uh almost past the wild card games your white Sox against the astros uh, white Sox are the underdog with plus 110 the astros minus 130 how are you approaching this and uh do you sometimes have to kind of take that uh, White Sox bias into account when you're looking at a series like this?
0: I definitely do. It, it, Unfortunately, when it comes to betting, like I've already placed a White Sox series price bet, whether that's a, a good uh-huh. bet or not, you know, it remains to be seen. I think this series is, from a matchup standpoint, it's very intriguing. You have the the Astros who have the highest, uh war of their starting lineup batters wise against the White Sox who have the highest war of a pitching staff. You know that their starters are, I believe third in the league and their bullpen is number one in the league. So you kind of have strength versus strength. And I think this is one of those series where whoever was the home team, like if if this was our first two games were in Chicago, I think we would see the White Sox be slightly favored on this uh, series price line. So for this one, I, I, you know, bias out of it, I think you would lean to whoever the dog would have been just for the value, but I, I think it's a very intriguing uh, series prize, very intriguing series as a whole, the White Sox starting pitching health is definitely a concern for me, uh, I know that we tried very hard to, to really have like our horses healthy down the stretch, and unfortunately Rodon is still hurt. Lynn is still, you know, dealing with some minor things. Giolito looks healthy, which is good. Cease has been a, a, an interesting development, which is great to see. And then you look at that Astros pitching staff, and it's it's less scary from a name standpoint of the White Sox. You know, I'm not really, uh, like, fearful of anybody that the Astros are throwing at us, but they've been consistent all year. You've got Luis Garcia, who probably doesn't win AL Rookie of the Year because a Rosarena's a rookie still, but he was right up there. And then uh, you have guys like Framber Valdez and Lance McCullers, who we know have done it before. So this is just, for a baseball fan, this is going to be a great series to watch. For me, I, I'm nervous already. I, I'm rooting for the White Sox. Uh, but, yeah, as far as that series price goes, I think the line is very fair. Uh, if you love the Astros, you could bet them. If you love the White Sox, you could bet them. Uh, how about you guys? Any Any action in that series?
1: I, I mean I got the White Sox to win the World Series, so I might as well put a little bit on this series price. If it's if I'm gonna get it at plus money, might as well just keep hitting the White Sox.
0: Yeah, that that's it, how I feel. I think for me I'm gonna wait
2: till after game one, maybe to make a bet, maybe bet on the team who lost game one to win game two, or maybe bet on the series price. So it's it's really gonna be a wait and see approach for me, as that series starts Thursday afternoon and then Thursday night, ALDS starting Red Sox, who we mentioned, beating the Yankees. Now they have to play the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays, who, despite losing Blake Snell in the offseason and their ace pitcher, Tyler Glass, now out for the year, had the best record in the AL, winning over 100 games. Pretty remarkable because I think there was a lot of regression signs for them in a 162-game season. Rays right now a $1.65 to win the series. Red Sox plus 140. Do you think this price is a little cheap on the Rays or do you think the Red Sox can kind of continue their, their magical run because they were expected to be a 500 team before the season?
0: Yeah, I was, I, I was hoping that the Rays would continue to be undervalued, uh, with their lines and, and this series price would be a little bit lower, like Rays minus 140 area. And I would have happily backed them there. I, I think they got it right. The Rays, I mean, say what you want, but they continually prove that they are a really good baseball team. I mean, they're throwing out, I believe it's two rookies, game one and game two, that we haven't seen much of that are both just awesome. And then, you know, their bullpen is lights out. It's, it's, you, they can shorten the game. They get. You know, It used to be you get six innings out of your starter and then you let your bullpen close it down. They could get three, four innings out of their starter and they have arms they feel comfortable with to come in and, and shut things down. So I think the Rays should be favored. They are favored. I think this is one where, like Nate mentioned about Sox-Astros, maybe you see the Rays win game one and then you back the Red Sox going into game two. But I think all signs point to the Rays advancing. They're a team that I think still holds value. They're not the favorite, you know, the the Astros have lower odds than them still. So I, I think the Rays are kind of the, well, you can keep going back to because people just don't give them the respect they deserve.
2: Yeah. And I think that uh, Chris Sale pitched on Sunday. So I'd imagine he isn't going to pitch on Thursday. So, Maybe waiting if the Rays win and then you get sale, Ovaldi, games two and three, which would be the Red Sox best chances um, to win the series. So I, I'd say a wait and see approach on that, unless you feel really strong about the about the Rays. So uh, I think that's a good angle. Braves Brewers. What are your thoughts on that one? Brewers
1: a favorite, minus one fifty, Braves plus one twenty five. You have a lean in that one?
0: This one's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't say I have a lean. I guess I would lean Brewers, but they're favored, so I don't uh, have a series play that I like. But these are two teams that I think have World Series value going forward solely because they dodge the Yankees. or I'm sorry, the Yankees. They dodge the Dodgers, and they also potentially dodge the Giants, right? Two of those teams are going to have to knock each other out if the Dodgers beat the Cardinals. And then you get the winner of this series in a a seven-game series to get to the World Series. So this is one where if I'm looking at the NL, this is where I'm going to find my World Series bet. I know Nate and I like to a lot of times wait and see a path, especially if you haven't gotten like a a preseason future that gave you a lot of value. Once we get to, you know, July, August, September, I would rather wait and see how the exact playoff bracket is going to be, then, then make a future bet. So now that I see it, I think you're looking at the Brewers and the Braves. Brewers sitting at about 8-1, to one, Braves at about 11-1. to one. And those are two teams that I like if I'm going to make a World Series bet, kind of just looking at them and deciding, who do I think is going to win this series? Okay, maybe I'm going to bet these guys to, uh, to, to win the World Series.
2: So do you bet one of them now before the Dodgers wild card game, or do you wait and see and, and hope that maybe the – I guess the Dodgers win and then you hope that you get a little bit of a better number as those numbers, I, I assume, would drift if the
0: Dodgers beat the Cardinals tonight? I think that you would – I think you would have to bet it now. I think you don't want to risk losing out with the Dodgers getting knocked out and the entire board just – well – this, it's interesting. Do you have the odds makers? You know what I mean? It, futures, yeah. we always get crappy value, whether you like it or not, because there's no, I can't bet the Dodgers not to win the World Series right now, you know? So there, there's no no side to this bet. So the odds makers might already have it cooked in where we're not going to get that big of a value change if the Dodgers get knocked out. But that's a risk you have to take. I think I would bet it now. Looking at this, the other way you could attack it is maybe whichever team loses game one, you come in and you bet them to win the World Series after that. Something along those lines. But yeah, that's that's how I would attack it.
1: World Series predictions, do you have any?
0: I am rooting for the White Sox, as you guys know. <laughs> I got something on the White Sox. <laughs> no, no surprise there. Um, looking at the value-wise, I kind of was looking at World Series matchup. Uh, That's and I saw that the Rays and Brewers was going off at 15 to one. And that was one that caught my eye. And then I also saw the Rays and Braves going off at 18 to one. Just, you know, the Rays, as we've said time and time. And we you know what last year it was a we were still waiting for the Rays to prove it. Right. We knew they were this great team, but maybe the formula, the platooning and all that wasn't playoff successful. And last year they 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 made it to the World Series and, you know, they got beat by a better Dodger team. But they've proved that they have the formula to win. So I think I was looking at, like I mentioned, Brewers and Braves, two teams that I think are the value in the National League and the Rays who continually, you know, just have value because they're the Rays and people don't they don't have the sexy superstar names that you're looking for uh I think that that's a way to to do it I my World Series prediction would be White Sox Brewers White Sox beating the Brewers you know as a (laughs) as a very biased fan but as far as my money goes uh I think that raise brewers at 15 to one is a pretty nice bet that i uh am gonna definitely gonna place
1: i like it any any chicago team beating the brewers i'm i'm okay with to be honest at this point if it can't be the cubs
0: yeah that would that would be a very fun series too i know the brewers lost devin williams which is a very big blow that's you know he, You could argue he was more valuable than Hayter in the way they used him because Craig Council kind of refused to move Hader off that ninth-inning role. So that is a big blow. But um I still think that starting pitching is awesome. And their lineup, you know, for a while I was very down on it, but they're hitting, and they've proved they can score runs. And I, I think that they're a, a, a very good a team you really wouldn't want to see.
1: Absolutely. Well, Rizzo, we appreciate you coming on, talking some baseball with us. Um, are you going to be tweeting out stuff of like what you're betting and everything like that? Should people follow you?
0: You can. You can. I, I haven't been as active on the Twitter, unfortunately, uh, announcing my picks. i just busy time of year. Sometimes sure. it's, I forget about it, but yes, my Twitter <laughs> at mriz3 mriz3. If you want a decent, sometimes crappy baseball takes go ahead and give me a follow Uh, i tweet about the bears a lot as well so if anybody likes uh disparaging matt nagy follow me as well
1: yeah that's that's why i follow you honestly
0: yeah i need someone else to just yell at matt nagy for online that's that is what i'm here for
1: (laughs) well rizzo appreciate you coming on man um we'll have you on i'm sure again at some point to uh, complete the trio that once was (laughs)
0: Thank you for having me, boys. Best of luck with uh, the rest of the show and shows going forward. And uh, if the Sox make the World Series, uh, call me back.
1: All right, fun hearing from Rizzo, Nate. Always good to have the uh, third member of the original Sharp Lessons podcast (laughs) back talking with us.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Good to hear his thoughts on baseball. Uh, Missed hearing what he had to say about it, but uh, now I feel ready to go for the LDS series, which start on Thursday. Yeah, the man knows baseball. No doubt about that. Before we end the show, best
1: bet time. We sometimes don't have best bets on Wednesday. But, Nate, you have a best bet, early best bet, on a Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I want to get this bet in because I'm not sure if this number is going to stay there when we do our normal Friday recording and I give out a best bet and we give out all our best bets for the week. So I wanted to give something out early, and it's going to be the 49ers plus 5.5 against the Cardinals. I think this number is too big. It doesn't really make sense to me, even if Trey Lance is in his quarterback. You give Kyle Shanahan a full week to prepare with a quarterback that they handpicked and traded a lot of draft capital to take in April. I like the chances of the 49ers offense to have success. and this, So the number doesn't make sense to me going from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. I think it's too much of a downgrade, but also a perfect time to sell high on the Arizona Cardinals coming off that big win against the L.A. Rams. Previously, Sean McVeigh has owned Cliff Kingsbury, so it was nice for Kingsbury, I'm sure, to get a win over McVeigh. And we saw in week one when the Cardinals played a near-perfect game against the Titans, they come back at home in week two, barely beat the Vikings, fail to cover a spread. I see that situation very similar, where now there's expectations for them to cover a number win by six or more points so i like the 49ers in this game i think whenever there's nfc west teams playing each other the line should be closer i'd play this down in best bet territory to four and a half I don't think it's going to get to plus six, so that's why I want to give it out at plus five and a half, because I think the only way this number is going to go is down in favor of the 49ers. So I think the best number as of Wednesday we're going to get is five and a half, so I'm going to take the 49ers with that. And with the high variance of Trey Lance, kind of that dual-threat quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised the 49ers win this game. So I think they're worth a little bit on the money line, because they definitely have a shot to win this football game and bounce back after two tough home losses.
1: Yeah, I like it. I'm I'm not gonna make it a best bet, but I think I'm gonna tell you. Um I definitely think I'm gonna hit that 49ers plus five and a half. It just this whole podcast. I mean, we we love to sell high. Um, so I yeah. I think that's that's the move we have to make. We have to continue that streak. It's worked for us in the past, and especially in the NFL. Right? It's if a team is coming off a really good win, the NFL is too good where you can't have – you're going to get a bad spread the next game just because people love that recency bias. They see they had a good game. They think, oh, Cardinals can win by a touchdown or more for sure. I I like the 49ers in this spot, Nate. I do like it a lot. Um, So those were our best bets. We appreciate Rizzo coming on again. Thanks to him for talking Major League Baseball. We will be back on Friday with all of our best bets. Until then, good luck Thursday night football, and we'll see you on Friday.